hell. Going to a place that no one wants to go. Going to a place most folks don't think they're bad enough to go. It's not about whether you're bad enough or you're good enough. There's a lot of good people in hell. There's virgins in hell. There's people that's never cussed in the day in their life in hell. There's murderers in hell. There's mamas in hell. Daddies in hell. Children, young people in hell. A whole lot of people thought they wasn't bad enough to go. They in hell. But then that crowd that's in heaven, everybody up there has got one thing common. None of them deserved it. None of them earned it. And they all amazed that God would love them enough to take them out. God uses the same train called grace to stop at different places along the line to pick people up. This train ain't never been derailed. It never does turn around. I'm glad it sure does make a circle. What I'm praying today is he'll make a circle around your life. Say, preacher, I'm already saved. But I wonder if there's anybody you know going to a place called hell. What are you in the world are you doing to be the light that keeps them from going? Father, we love you today and ask God that you preach us in the power of the Holy Ghost that we might bring glory to your name. Lord, we'll, we give you glory, praise, and honor. Lord, we'll be just as quick and we'll be just as brief and just as long. We'll be, pray God, whatever you want's what we want to be. Hey, pray you just tune us in uh, to this service today and tune us out of the world. Oh, God, you gave us a good time to shout while ago. But, God, it's serious business right now. And, Lord, there ought to be some shouting. The fact, we ain't going to hell. And I just pray, God, that you'd have your way. As folks board the train this morning, as it pulls up and the horn blows, as call center, just like an old horn blows, and calls its passengers on board, I pray, God, the Holy Ghost would go by the pews of everybody that ain't on board and draw them to a place of repentance by faith they may tell you they're sorry for being sorry and ask you to change their life Lord would you do a work that only you can do in Jesus name I'll thank you and pray Amen Amen The only schedule this train runs on is God's and the only conductor on this train is the God. But they ought to be a bunch of us throwing some coal on the fire. Would you say amen? amen. Look with me if you will. I'm going to read a few verses in Luke 16 in the Bible. Luke chapter 16. 
we still having trouble. We ain't worried about it because ain't gonna be that. The only sound system there's gonna be is probably gonna be in hell. There ain't gonna be one in heaven. I can promise you that. There's too much trouble with them. Just hold this thing, control it back and forth, and say. Bible says in Luke 16 in verse number 19. Okay, turn it down, son. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels in Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried in hell. He lifted up his eyes. Being in torments in the sea of Abraham afar off in Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. And Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things, and now he is comforted. Thou art tormented. Beside all this, between you and us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house. The man in hell is praying that somebody go preach to his family. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them that they also may come into this place, that they also come into this place of torment. He said, I don't want them to come, lest they also come into this place of torment. Then verse 29, Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. You can be seated. I want to ask you this morning, have you ever been to a place that you didn't want to go? God forbid somebody may be here right now that really don't want to be here. I believe if you would go to anybody that is in the pits of hell, if somehow or another we could pull back the crust of the earth, peer off into the pits of hell, look down into those souls that are being tormented, that are rolling in these flames as the Bible declares in the book of Luke in chapter 16. I believe that you might, you would find and ask any of them if they could respond, if you could talk to them and they would say, we don't want to be in this place. You see, Christians don't go to hell. Church members may go to hell. Good people may go to hell. Jesus taught more about hell than he did everything, anything else in the Bible. And when it talks about heaven, Jesus taught more about hell. 
I think if we look in our Bible, I can show you all through the text that uh, there's nothing new going on in hell today. It's the same old stuff that's been going on forever. It's torment, it's flame, the worm dieth not. There ain't nothing new to tell you about hell. But I just want to make folks aware that there is literally a place called hell today. And you don't want to go. The subject of hell is a serious truth. It ain't no place of jokes and there's no party in hell. There's a famous rock group you should talk about partying in hell. Them folks is in hell today, them that's died that ain't accepted the Lord. And I'll guarantee you there ain't no party going on in hell. It is a place of judgment. The subject of hell is a scriptural truth. Not only is it serious, it is scriptural. I'm telling you, no figment of our imagination. It is a fact. As sure as there's a heaven, there is a hell. I'm not trying to use some fear tactic to get somebody to make some decision how to make myself look good. Now listen, it ain't about me. It ain't never been about me. It ain't about, hey, as far as I'm concerned, but as far as Jesus is concerned, it's always been about us. And he came into this world to seek and save that which is lost. He don't want you to go to hell. Man, thank God. The subject of hell is a sorrowful subject. I've seen preachers preach on hell and act like they're glad people's going. It grieves my heart to tell you about a place called hell. It's too late for them there. Got a grandpa that's in hell. God didn't somehow or another speak to him. My grandpa's in hell. I got one grandpa believes in heaven. Hallelujah. As far as I know, my Papa Troy, he's, he's in hell. But my mama's dad, as far as I know, he's in hell. I wonder how many of us, if we be honest, God went to our little friend pool we had. There's a lot of them better than we was. Somehow or another, he chose us. And we've got friends that's in hell this morning. And it's too late for them. We've got family members. Some of them we tripped up in the hell because we was a stumbling block. Probably some of them after we got saved, we are so sorry and low down, didn't even go to church half the time. Robbed God and brought judgment on them. Don't live for God. It's a sorrowful subject. Scriptural. But it's serious. I... I wonder if the house was on fire down the road and people was inside and you went over there and tried to knock the windows out and pull the, knock the doors and start dragging people out. Would they say you was just trying to scare people to safety? 
while God knows they say, man, thank God for somebody caring and loving them enough to tell them the house is on fire and they're going to sleep their way to an eternity and die. That's what I'm telling you today. There's hope. There's hope in Jesus. He went to Calvary so you and at the face of judgment. Oh, listen to me today. It's serious today. It's the Savior's truth. It's a serious truth. It's a neglected truth. But it's a needed truth. In hell, verse 24, the Bible says in the King James Bible, my tongue, oh, I need to get my tongue cool. He said, I just wish I had a, wish you dip your finger. Not, not a drop. That's what people say all the time. That's not what he said. He said, I just want you to get a little moisture on the tip of it and just, just touch my tongue. I, 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 there's so much torment. He said, I am tormented in this flame. I was reading one time about uh, John F. Kennedy and said that the, his wife, Jackie Kennedy, um, uh, no matter what you believe on how he died, uh, how, what, I'm, what I'm interested in the fact is that when I went to Washington, I saw it, and, and they call that flame that's burning there an eternal flame. It was lit by his wife, Jackie, and they said that it never goes out. But the truth is, the truth is, the truth is that it has went out twice that I know of when I studied this. And they had to light it back. But I'm talking about a fire. Are y'all listening to me today? That Manhattan lit. And it'll never go out. An unquenchable fire. The Bible says in the book of Mark that it's an unquenchable fire. And some of us today, I mean, we sit here and we, in our own self-righteousness and our shallow professions, seeking deeper in sin, afraid to admit we're lost, what will they think about us? I'm going to tell you what we think. Hallelujah. Ladies and nothing got out of the burning building. That's what we're going to think about. Amen. Hallelujah. It's an unquenchable fire. One time, they say that an oil tanker, and I can't remember which one it was, uh, the oil tanker, it burned and burned. And they said, we don't know if it'll ever go out. We don't, it, it just keeps on burning. It's like uh, the, all the oil and all the crude uh, just keeps burning and it's saturated to water and the water's is on fire. But eventually, eventually that thing went out. But I'm talking about a fire that'll never go out. I don't know if we even get a hold of it. It's more than any kind of fire that we'll ever uh, think about here. I don't know what kind of fire that can burn so black and so dark that it makes everything dark but I do know I, I do know that it is such a place uh, it is a place of separation a place of darkness uh, it is a place of torment it is a place of unquenchable fire there will never be no relief oh well come on preacher there's going to be a little bit of relief when we stand before God at that great white throne judgment and then you're going to be thrown off in the lake of fire that ain't no relief Burning forever. There's no annihilation. They don't just burn up. You don't just die and become fertilizer. That's a lie of the devil. We're talking about an eternal punishment that Jesus came so you wouldn't have to endure that. 
when I think about Achan, I think about, I think about that judgment, that judgment that fell on him and his family because of the sin he committed. But thank God we have a daysman. We have an atonement. And that judgment and that fire and all of that suffering fell on somebody. It fell on Jesus for your sake. And you don't, hey, God don't believe in double jeopardy. Are y'all listening to this preacher? My God, you deserve justice. You deserve hell. I deserve hell. But grace, grace makes a way. It makes a way. Hallelujah. There's no water available. There's no wind available. You'll never feel the wind blow down there. Burns continually. I read Mark 5, Mark 9. Three times the worm died not. What is that worm? I want to get on it again later, but I'm just going to say this. It's something that gnaws on you for all eternity. I believe it's a gnaw, a gnawing worm of conviction of every time you've ever heard the gospel, every time your heart's been pricked and you're just too prideful to admit you had a shadow profession or maybe you love sin so much. He said, I'll wait a little bit later, I'll wait a little bit later, but I wonder today, are you willing to face God? I want to stand you before him right now. Stand him before God. Are you ready to go to eternity? His life's temporarily. Eternity's forever. Worm died not. Jesus right outside of your reach. The fire's not quenched four times. The fire's not quenched. There's no quenching the fire. I can't imagine burning. I don't tell you it's a fire that's unquenchable. It's a fix that's uncrossable. Look at verse 28, I believe. Verse 26. Besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed. I looked up all them words one time. Let me just put it to you like this. All you need to know when you see that is, it's so big of a Grand Canyon that there'll never be nobody be able to build a bridge. There'll never be an evil can evil jump over it. There is no possibility for you to repel. There is no possibility for you to cross it. I'm telling you, when you inhale, you inhale forever. It is, it is a fix that is uncrossable. You are there forever. I don't want to argue nobody, but you ain't going to change my mind. So you can believe what you want to believe. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. But Judas went to his own place and he busted hell wide open. And he is not going to be resurrected as the Antichrist. It's an uncrossable gulf. It's a fix. It's uncrossable. Lazarus, Abraham. Loving on each other. In a place called paradise. Jesus ain't went to Calvary yet. He hadn't been crucified. He hadn't been buried. It ain't going to be long. He's going to be crucified from our days. But until then, they're in a holding cell. A place called paradise. Paradise moved. See, wherever the saints are, wherever the Savior is, that's paradise. I say amen. Hey, Lazarus died and he didn't have nothing, didn't he? Hey, I'm thank God. He's better off than Job. At least he had a dog lick his horse. Had a dog to lick his sword, laid over there to rich man. Hey, you say, preacher, what in the world was he? What was he? What was he? What in the world? How, God, why did God lick this man? He said he will not suffer the right. Did he not say he wouldn't let him see uh, begging bread? Is that not what he said? 
But I'll tell you what he was. He was a lamppost. Every day he went in the house. Every day he left. There's the light shining. There's the light shining. There's the light shining. Hallelujah. Y'all listen to this preacher. I'm just trying to be a lamppost. Nothing fancy about me. Just want to be a lamppost. I want to be a light. That's all I can be. No doubt one of the greatest torments in hell is the separation from Joel and wonderful things. Man, what a sad thing. Never since sunrise. Over in heaven, you never see a sunset. Because the sun's always there. I think about in hell, never be a smell of rain. Never be the smell. I love smell rain. The fragrance of rain. Never be that in hell. No. Won't be no storms in heaven neither. Oh, but there's a fragrance. It's a rose of Sharon. Lily of the valley. No fragrance of flowers down there, but there is there. It's an uncrossable. See, preacher, well, well in hell. In hell, I'm telling you, in hell, you'll never hear another sermon. There's no community. That paradise is empty. Jesus died. He is buried on the third day. When he died, he, did, he went down before he went up. He, he that ascended, what is it but that he also first descended to the lower parts of the earth and delivered the captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And to prove it, he let them walk around for 40 days. Wouldn't that have been something? Abraham, knock on your door. Boy, that had been something. Come up out of the grave. Show, show the, he just emptied it. There's no purgatory. There's no paying your way out. Are y'all listening to this preacher? It's heaven or hell. That's it. Hey, some things you're going to take to hell, though. You're going to take a memory that you'll never be able to forget. Psalm 139, verse number 8 says, Christ, he said, if you make your bed in hell, I'm there. Oh, he's there, but he's different there than he is there. In right there, down there, you can see him right outside. And there, you never get, you never, you never do miss it. You know he's the Savior. He's the Savior you can't reach. He's the Savior that there's now no hope for. There's no help for you. I mean, you know your family needs Christ, but you can't send them word. Are y'all listening to this preacher? But over in heaven, you get to fellowship with him forever. You'll have a memory you'll never forget. You'll have a mistake you'll never fix. You'll have a misery that you'll never be able to forsake. Oh, listen to me. You'll have a mission that you'll never be able to fulfill. He said, if somebody could go preach that died and rose, then my five brethren would not come to this place lest they come. Oh, people in hell. I preached one time on things in hell that ought to be in church. There ought to be some fire in the church. Somebody say amen. There ought to be somebody praying in church. Well, it was in hell. Amen. There ought to be a mission-minded person. Amen. Help us, Lord. You talking about a prayer meeting going on. Ain't no answer for it. Y'all listen to this preacher. Fix at his own crossing. Then I see... Not only that, Brother Jeremy. I mean, imagine this place. Imagine a place you can't never get out of. I thought about old Richard. I think Richard 
warm burn. Fourteen years in Russia. Tortured for Christ. Never got, never revealed, they say by his own biography, any location of an underground church. You know what socialism will do for you? Socialism is really just another aspect of communism. When they, when communists take over country, they put Christians in jail. Y'all don't believe it? Just read the history book. We don't want a bunch of communists in here. I'm glad I'm a, I, by the way, I'm glad I'm an American. Somebody say amen. And what's made it great is God. That's who made it great. I just want to get that said. Everybody okay? Everybody all right? I'm over there 14 years. He gets to preaching. Crazy. People say, what in the world? Who are you preaching to? 30-something feet below ground, no window. Said, oh, he, he said he forgot that colors existed. Never saw the sun. Now, are y'all let one piece of bread a week? He go to preaching. Who are you preaching to? I'm preaching to Jesus. He said, preach. I'm preaching to Jesus. God started getting saved. Are y'all listening to this preacher? I'm telling you 14 years, but he finally got out. And I'm talking about a place, a place you go not for preaching Christ, but for not believing on Christ. And there is no escape. You know what he said? He said God spoke to him one day. He didn't have a Bible. didn't have nothing, and God spoke to him. He asked him, please speak to me, Lord. You spoke to Paul. Speak to me. Just heard it again this morning. He said, he said, what's your name? Why would God ask that question? He asked Adam, where art thou? He, it's not because he didn't know. He said, God knows my name. He knows where Adam's at. But why did he ask that? He said, I remember reading about a Richard. His name was Richard. I remember reading about a Richard who died and was burned at the stake. I'm not like that, Richard. I'm not fit to be called Richard. I was afraid to say Christian because Christians uh, when around Jesus' time, they suffered a lot more. He said, I tell you what, I am a no-name. That's what I am, and that's what God wants us to be, a bunch of no-name people who trust in Jesus. Oh, we might not be nothing, honey, but when God hooks us together, a bunch of zeros knotted together becomes a net to catch fishes. I say Amen. Y'all listen to this preacher. Folks around us dying and going to hell. Fire the sun. Quenched. Fix is uncrossable. A family that's unreachable. Thought of Luke 13, 28. I wrote it down on my notes. It said, There shall be weeping and ashing of teeth. When ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. In the kingdom of God, and ye yourself thrust out. Wouldn't it be something during the great white throne judgment to see a glimpse of a land that you'll never get to enjoy? Surely a torment. To see family and loved ones that you'll never be able to reach them. I don't know about y'all, I believe everybody in here feels the same way. I love my family. I don't want to be separated from my family. 
I wonder how long it's been since we begged our family to get saved. Since we begged God to move on our family. God likes it when our prayers lined up with his purpose. I'm telling you, he wants you to pray. A real prayer starts in heaven anyway. It's just God lining you up with him anyway. Somebody say amen. Woo! Amen! Listen to me. It's a fam- your family is unreachable. He's saying, I got five brethren. I got five brethren. I can't reach them. Jesus said, what, what they need to hear is that good preaching about Moses and the prophet. They got the scriptures. He said, I'm going to tell you, that's what they need to hear. They need to hear that. And if they don't hear that, nobody, don't matter if they rise from the dead, it's going to be, and that ain't that the truth. Jesus got up, and I'm telling you right now, he got up, and they didn't believe he got up and made lies about him getting up because it's going to mess up their little religion. And there that Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch is, probably saved money ever since, ever since he could save money just for a chance to go to Jerusalem to see the holy side. And he gets there and finds out that them old heathen priests is trying to sew the veil back. Hallelujah. And he can't find nothing there because Jesus done tore up everything and he stops at the Baptist bookstore and gets Isaiah 53 and starts reading about a lamb who died for him. Hallelujah. And needed somebody to preach and so God took a preacher named Philip. Amen. Translate. Got him to run and got him over and started preaching right where he's reading and he Hallelujah! Got saved! Baptized! He didn't send up a flag. He went on down the road and no telling. History says that old boy tried to win all of Africa. I say hallelujah. Woo! Y'all better listen to me. Right now there's a chance. In hell there's no chances. In hell there's no Changes and flame unquenchable, fix uncrossable, <laughs> family unreachable. But I'm glad, as far as I know, all my boys got saved. Got a daughter in law, got saved on an old building across the road. <laughs> Yesterday we feasted on hog. At the men's prayer breakfast. Because hogs got better sense to be alive, <laughs> full of the devil. So they just went ahead and made country ham, washed up on the shore, and they had a pig picking. And so I figured if <laughs> Lester Olaf said they ain't going to be in heaven, we better get at it now. Say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. But that wasn't the only thing. That wasn't the only thing that went on over there. Paul Colts upstairs. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. I know it was in that old bench. It was at the front of that old place. But it was at an old rugged cross. Thank God. So you say, preacher, what you happy about? Because there's a good chance that little grandbaby is going to hear all about Jesus forever. Hallelujah. I say amen. Y'all listen to this preacher. Hallelujah. Woo! Who you got going to hell? You got to reach them now. You got to share the gospel with them. Be too late. Serious. It's scriptural. It's the saviors. It's the, it's the purpose. 
Did he not can't come to seek and save that which was, I thank God, him raising the dead and healing lepers and, and touching that woman. And that woman, well, <laughs> the woman touching him, but he touched her before she touched him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Woo! I thank God for every bit of it. But I know why he come. And every bit of that points to what he's wanting to do for you. Open your blinded eyes. Touch your crippled body. Thank God raise you from the dead place because you're dead in sins and trespasses. And the only hope to be resurrected is Jesus' blood to be washed water and snow. Hallelujah. The future. Unbearable. That's what hell is. You won't be able to handle it. You think you can handle it, but you can't handle it. No. Just the way to sin caused Jesus to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He started out talking like he always talked, Father. But by the time he becomes sin for you and I, he said, my God, my God. Why? Because sin makes, God can't look on sin. And he hung a veil and turned the lights off. And the dogs wouldn't bark. You don't believe it? I don't care. I believe it. Birds wouldn't even chirp. Oh, the earth is going to shake and the rocks is going to rend. The creator is dying for creation. God at his best, man at his worst. God in love and man in hate. And yet God did that for you and me. But your prideful, hell-bent people. But God, amen, went on the greatest mission trip. Plumb out of the banisters of glory. Hallelujah. Down through the eons of time. And died on the old rugged cross. It was foreordained before the world was. And he came to your pew and your heart. I say amen. Hallelujah. Now listen to this preacher. Siri Bedness. Oh, it's a shouting business when you get saved from it. Y'all say amen there. Say, preacher, I can handle it. John 5, 28 and 29. I like that 29th verse. The Bible said there's going to be a resurrection. The good unto life. There's going to be another resurrection. And that resurrection in verse 29 of John 5 says, And they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. Oh, listen to me. He sent the truth to you. Because you'd rather have sin and your own self-righteousness and your only in your own shallow profession, here's what you'll do. You got a little artificial light. Got a little bit of glow off somebody else's lamp. You dipped your wick in baptism. Dipped your wick in a false profession. And oh, you can burn now, but there ain't no oil in there. Yeah, you might get a little reflective glow, but there ain't nothing. Ain't nothing on the inside. And when the Lord comes back, he's looking for oil. He's looking for the Holy Ghost. He's looking for oil. 
Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Y'all listen to this preacher. And by the way, saints, I know I, I said my other Wednesday we might have been the last one, but I got one more thought for you. Hey, Brother Tony, hey, man, another day we got a victory. He crossed the finish line, Brother Jeremy, but his power steering went out, uh, and he fought it, and he wrestled with it. Hey, uh, and you can say by the grace of God, uh, and you're going to cross the finish line. Uh, ain't nobody going to wreck you. Uh, ain't nobody going to pitch stop you. You're going through, but good God Almighty, would you get filled with the Holy Ghost so you don't have to manhandle that? You can't handle it. I say it, man. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm right. It'll take the Holy Ghost. About half convicted, staying so calm. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm right. Hell's real. I don't want to be. One of them preachers that's guilty of not preaching on hell. Oh, it's a future that's unbearable. He said, preacher, Mark 16, 16 says, preacher, come on, you believe that? Oh, yes. He that believeth not is damned. Condemned. Wanting to be annihilated, but can't. That's eternally dying. And never able to die. I've often said a bunch of out of hell zombie movies, TV series, the whole conviction just set on some video games and all that mess. It's nothing more than the devil's crowd trying to get you numb. Because there's gonna come a time when the church is gone and they're gonna go around. Rocks knock an eyeball off and be wanting to die but can't die. And in hell, it's nothing but torment. And you want to die, but you can't never quit dying. It's dying and dying and dying and dying and dying and never able to finish dying. But over yonder, it's living and living and living and never able to quit living. Well, bless the Lord, my soul. I say hallelujah. Y'all know I'm right. Serious. And it's something to shout about. When you get saved from it, the damnation, then the duration. Look at Matthew 25, verse number 41. Might be the last verse I read. I said, might be. Believe it will. Matthew 25, 41. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, that's them goats. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Everlasting means never ending. There's no end to it. That's the book. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. You ever been to a place, let me remind you, when I first started, that you didn't want to go? might be because you didn't feel welcome. Hell was made for the devil and his angels. But volcanoes are still erupting because hell's getting bigger by the second. By every day it enlarges itself. Are y'all listening to this preacher? What do I got to do to go to hell? Nothing. What do you got to do to go to heaven and respond when he calls you? That's what you got to do. 
I don't want to have, listen, the Bible says, then shall you all say also to them, the left hand, depart from me, you cursed, and the everlasting fire. That's where the worm dieth not. That's where the fire is not quenched. Hey, are y'all listening? That's where your memory, that's where your mistake, that's where your mission. Oh, you go carry them with you, and you ain't going to be able to get, are y'all listening to me? You're going to have a tongue that you won't water on, but you can't. You're going to have eyes that you're going to be able to lift up. Right then, they can see across that gulf. It's empty. It's banished. It's void of people now. I'm talking about separated into a place of judgment forever. Or you can receive what he's done for you. Say, preach what he did for you. Well, can't preach on hell and not go to John 3. He said, I'm going to remind you, old Nick, Nicodemus, you know the law, you know the scriptures, you know what Moses said. You one of them religious people. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, <laughs> that's over in Numbers 21, verse 9. See, all they had to do was look and live. They, every one of them folks that was bit by the vipers and the snakes, they could try to come up with a man-made snake venom, but they'd have died. He said, get that, wrap it around that stick. You see it on amulets just today, symbol of healing. As Moses lifted up that staff that had that serpent on it, and all anybody ever had to do was look and live. And Jesus became the serpent on the pole that day. Are y'all listening to me? And we see right there the type of the cross, his picture for us. He's making it clear how anybody can look, young can look, old can look. What's got to happen before they look? Well, they got to know they've been bit. <laughs> Who shows them that? Nobody but God. <laughs> Amen. They got to know where they can live. They got to know to look the right place. How they know that? Well, that's going to come from God. It'll be a message delivered to their heart. And guess what? If they'll respond correctly, they too and you too shall live. Look to Calvary and live. That's a look, a look away from sin and a look to the Savior. Then you see, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That's the truth of the cross. Not just his picture for us, but his payment for us. I like what John 8, 28 says. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am he. He said in John 12, 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This spake he of his death. But then the transformation of the cross. Because he said, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Then in verse 15, that... Here it is, the transformation of the cross. The plan for us. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I want to ask you today as Jacob comes to play this piano in invitation time. Do you know anybody headed for hell? It's real, y'all. Thank you, Jordan. It's, it's real. Thank you, Jacob. It's real. And right now... We can play a little music. And while the Holy Ghost deals on your heart, you've got an opportunity 
to respond. But you got to respond properly, properly, and promptly. Because time is running out. I wonder if he's ringing your doorbell this morning. Say, preacher, I'm all right. Ain't nothing wrong with me. Well, I want to ask you this. Do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you've been saved? I want you to stand your feet, everybody all over the building.